Pastor Moore's coming. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We Praise love the Lord, Lord, Church. Isn't it great Lord. to be here tonight? Be in yes, the house yes, of the yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Have yes. another opportunity to be in the presence of the good people of God, of the saints, amen, of faith, and more importantly that, to be in the presence of Jesus Christ himself and have an opportunity to be touched by the Holy Ghost and the power of the Lord. I'll read, let me read one verse in your hearing tonight, and I'll let you be seated. I realize it's Wednesday night, and I understand that. 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, and to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place called upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Lord, we ask you to help us tonight. We ask for your anointing and your touch and your will in this place tonight. There's not an individual in this house that you're not willing to reach down and to bless and to strengthen and to guide and lead. We're so thankful for your presence, the songs that we've sung and the love of Christ and the presence of the Lord, and the promise, amen, that you would be among us even here tonight. We're going to give you the glory and the praise in advance for what you're going to do in this house. Help us here tonight to be anointed. Help us to give ourselves both mind, heart, soul, and body unto the touch of the Lord and to the will of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray for the hearers here tonight to have an ear to hear, a heart to understand. God, we would respond unto your word and unto your presence in a measure and a way that is pleasing in your sight. Bind up the enemy and loose the powers of heaven. Help us, God, not to be robbed. Help us, God, not to allow things to, to overpower us, but the word of God and the powers of your presence. I want to give you the glory and the praise for it here tonight in Jesus' name. Lord bless you, and you may be seated. Before we go into the Word, let me just take a moment and visit with you. It's good to see all in the house of the Lord. It's good to see Keisha and Kenyon. God bless them. and missing them around here. Amen. It's good to see them in the house of the Lord. And this Wednesday night to come worship God. Hallelujah. It's good to see Jake. Appreciate him bringing those children. Amen. It's good to see Brother Joe Spicer back there. God bless him. Amen. To come and to be in the house of God and all the rest of you. It's good to see everybody. I may not call everybody's name, but man, we're just honored to have all in the house of the Lord tonight to come worship Him, magnify Him. Amen. To give Him glory and praise in this place tonight. Praise God. I am just a little nervous tonight, and I probably shouldn't say little. <laughs> um, been in prayer today and just want the mind of God and the will of the Lord and uh, want to experience God in a, in a measure. I'm not complaining. I'm not mumbling at all. I appreciate everything God's done and the visitations and the touch of the Lord. But I'm looking and expecting and with God's help, and I don't say this with no arrogance whatsoever. But I'm looking and um, feeling far and uh, reading in the Word of God and um, for a move of God that'll change us. I really feel that time is running out feel that time's running out for some quicker than others, but time's running out for everybody. As we watch the scenes around us and the episodes of the different things happening, those things alone should, should stir us up, should cause us to examine ourselves and cause us to have a passion, have a desire to have a, a, a move of God, a move of the Holy Ghost. 
The verse I started to preach from tonight came out of this same chapter. And um, after going to that verse and starting at the beginning of the chapter, I, I read the verse I read in your hearing tonight. And what I'd like to pull from that verse tonight for just a little while, amen, is church of God. The church of God. The verse that, that brought me to this particular chapter was actually verse 7. So that he come behind and no gift. He would come behind and no gift. We know by the scriptures that the church, not just the church, but every disciple, every follower or believer of Jesus Christ. Each and every soul and each and every individual, it doesn't matter who they are and where they come from. If something stirs inside of them, if, it, if it's because of an affliction or if it's because of some attack or if just maybe, maybe, you know, God arranged it and you had an encounter with a believer and you, you felt something, you saw something from that individual or maybe you was invited to an apostolic church. But whatever method or whatever means that struck that chord in you as an individual, because each and every one of us starts in this race the same. It doesn't matter if we're raised in apostolic churches. It doesn't matter if we're raised in, in some foreign country. It doesn't matter what. And all of us, amen, is, is, is without God. And we don't know God. And, and we've been separated. That's the curse that's been handed down to us. And that's what the first Adam sold us out into that place. Into that area. And, and, and regardless, amen, who's your dad or who's your mom. And regardless of who your grandparents are. It, it, it's still the same. It doesn't change. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It don't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you're an educated, well-known family or well-known names across the eons of time. Amen. You've got families that have been in politics for years and, and they got billions of dollars laid up. You're still going to find yourself in that same condition. You're going to find yourself in that place. You're going to find yourself in a place that you're going to need a church. Doesn't matter what, what walk you've come from. It doesn't matter who you are. You're gonna need a church. You're gonna need a church that's on fire. You're gonna need a church that knows God. Amen. That knows God. And not, not just friends with him. He's not just a buddy with you, but he's your God. And I'm telling you, there's a vast difference between the two. And so. When I read that scripture, and I thought about the Carnage Church, and there's no way I can remember it all, but the scriptures and the reading of the writings here to start with. This is, this is not the first letter. It is the first letter in the Bible, but it's not the first letter that was written to the Carnage Church, if I understand that right. In fact, there's a couple other letters that was, did not find itself in the canopy, did not find itself in the, in the Holy Scriptures. And they're actually mentioned in these letters that he had previously wrote to them. And then between the two letters of First and Second Corinthians, he mentions about another time he had written between those two. And um, so we know that if you know anything about First Corinthians... If you know anything about this church and the geographical location of it, and uh, it, it was the harbor of it, and the, the place, it was a Gentile church, it was a very rich church. It, it had many encounters, though, because of the harbors and the, the shipment and things of that nature, all people, different forms and types of people that would uh, uh, come to this. Not only that, but they had all different types of idol worshiping and, and in the church now, in the church. And so Paul's beginning to have to write, and he's going to have to deal with a lot of issues from disunity, from, uh, from following, you know, calling themselves after Apollos or Paul or, or, or assignments or whoever, you know, and 
And he talks about, he said, you know, there's only one that died for you. There's only one to be baptized. He even, he even brags, I'm glad I didn't baptize none of you. Amen. Another place he talks about, he said, he didn't see me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And so as he deals with this church, but yet, but yet, but yet, a beginning of this letter, we see immediately that Paul addresses to this church in this letter unto the church, not to the church of Paul. Amen. Not unto the church of Paul. Even though, hallelujah, he was a founder. You go to Acts 18 chapter, you're going to see that he went to Corinth. And you're going to see there, amen, how that, that's where he's one of the places, one of the daughter works and or the churches. He whined. And you're going to read about that episode. And, and, and he doesn't even like this church. If you go back to the first verse, if he talks about Sinethius, amen, Sinethius, amen. Some believes that he's one of the two most unbelieves. And, and, but Acts 18, again, will help us to understand that this was the guy, amen, that the Bible called him in Acts 18th chapter. He was a ruler of the synagogue there. And, and, and some said possibly he was even the scribe that helped us write this particular letter for, for Paul even. But, 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 but Paul doesn't call it after him either. Amen. Or call it after Apollos. But he calls this church with all of its chaos and with all of its spiritual conditions and all of its ability, amen, to come and not treat the Lord's Supper right and not to treat him the Sabbath. Amen. They were treating it right. And, and how he had to deal with holiness issues and, and dress and amen and, and he deals with issue after issue and, and even the gifts of the spirit and he tries to unify it in the 12th chapter understand what the church really is it's like a body and we know by the scriptures amen that God is the head Jesus Christ is the head but the church is the body we understand that and so there's nothing more powerful there's nothing more beautiful there's nothing more important than the church and the church in our lives and you and I being the church itself hallelujah you and I make the church. You and I, amen, we're the church of this community. We're the light of this community. We're the salt of this community. We're the doorway. We're the only hope they got. You can't handle the house of God and the assembling for the four damage and the assembling of us together just nonchalant and just in the old way. Because when you really begin to realize responsibility, and the burden and the weight of what really lies on the church upon this earth of winning souls. And not only winning souls, but to win our own selves. Amen. To win this race. To be the overcomers. To, to get out of this world unspotted. To get out of this world to, to hear him say well done because we're living in such a deceived world. Everybody wants to call themselves a church. Everybody's talking about hearing the voice of God. And, and there's so many voices out there now. And, and through the power of internet. You can be seated. It's, it's, I'm, I'm just going to take my time. I, don't, I probably won't finish. There's a lot. And uh, But what we're going to notice... As we watch this, and uh, I don't know how many of you have heard, got to listen to any of Little Rock's camp meeting. I try to listen to it Monday night. I just got some of it, and, but it apparently is the most important part <laughs> for me to hear. And I listened to Brother Holmes as he, he talked about the Internet, and he made a statement about it. He said the Internet, he said it's like the tree of good and evil. And we decide what we're going to do with it. He brought us back to that very, very faint place that we've heard year after year. And even the scriptures. And we talked about it even Sunday morning. The circumcision of the heart. You see, we can have dress codes. And we can come here with some kind of dress code. And go out in a different dress code. But I'm going to tell you which one God's going to look at. He's not looking at that one I wear in here, honey. I'm not preaching. I'm just telling you as the church. I'm the church here, but I'm also the church at Bendale Hardware. I'm going to step further down. I'm also the church in my own bedroom. I'm the church in my own living room. I'm the church in the backside of my backyard. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, there's nobody more important than my own family. Hallelujah. To win them. To win them. I'm the church wherever I go. When I get up in the morning, when I lay my head down, I'm still the church. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, amen. We got we got troubles and we got heartaches and we got we got things like that. And uh, I was talking to Brother Randy. I called, texted him this morning. He called me and we got talking about some things. And he got talking about a guy. And 
he's working on. I'm not going to call his name. I could, but I'm not. But, uh, man, it's been kind of on a road closer. God, you know, working with him. And hallelujah. But his children, so it's an interest now. Amen. And he just made the statement about himself. He said, he says, I just try to make sure I point to Jesus and make sure not look at nothing, you know, at himself. And amen. As far as his mistakes and things of that nature. And man, it hit me. I said, that's all of us. I said, all of us, it's not about bringing them to us. I'm not bringing them to William. William can't save them. William's not the prime example. Jesus Christ is the example. My job and your job and responsibility is to bring them to Jesus Christ. Every conversation, every opportunity I get, I got to let them know there's a God. There's a Savior. There's one amen that my body belongs to, that my spirit belongs to, that my soul belongs to. He is a bishop of my soul. He's a way maker. He's He's the author. He's a finisher. That's the reason I don't have to fear the devil. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear none of that mess. I got one working on my behalf. And even when I fail to come up short, I tell you, still the church of God. And there's probably not one church more full of chaos, troubles, and misusing of the gifts and focus on themselves than this current church. Amen. And I, I, you, you and I have to agree tonight that as a, as a society and as a nation, we're in trouble. We've become so blind. We've become, we've come to a place that we, we, we can't even hardly recognize sin anymore. We can't recognize altered lifestyles and they want you to justify and sanctify everybody we, we got this this doctrine all you got to do is make a little confession you can live whatever you want to live and in fact you don't even have to go to church you don't even have to assemble yourselves together if I could save myself then law would have been sufficient I said, if I could have saved myself, if man could have saved himself, if he didn't need a preacher, if he didn't need a fivefold ministry, if he didn't need a church, if he didn't need a church family, hallelujah, then the law would have been sufficient. I'm telling you, there wasn't no wrong in the law, but the law alone couldn't save us because of the weakness of flesh. That's the reason Jesus Christ and God brought him, amen, in the likeness of flesh, who knew no sin, but yet paid a debt and paid a price that nobody else can, and nobody else was ever going to be able to. Hallelujah. But now through the church, through the church now, it's not just the Hebrews. It's not just the Israelites or the Jews. But it's whosoever will. Because the church is so powerful upon this earth. It doesn't matter what geographical location you're located. Even right at the gates of hell. You can, you can build a church in the most wicked city. But those that's in that wicked city can get a desire and a hunger and a thirst. Amen. We can defy the enemy. We can overcome the foul spirits. We can overcome the demonic forces and the spiritual demonic powers. On you in this house tonight. Some of you better get hold of this thing. Some of you better get a story in your heart and your mind. It's not going to last much longer. I preached. I preached Sunday night about the glory of God and about His glory. And so, as I began to study on this and it happened to bring me meeting places, the church itself. When you look back in your premier Bible, study Bible, and you just go back and look at church, the Greek term in the meaning of church, the Greek term simply means an assembly. Assembly. It was used in Sacral Greek to speak of any gathering of people to a political or festive assembly and used by the New Testament writers to mean a local assembly of believers or the whole body of believers within the local church in each city. There was probably several assemblies or meetings of believers held in various homes. 
Brother Ford didn't have a clue what I was going to preach on tonight. When he made this statement, we could see the day when you and I, and we just may have to gather from house to house. Hallelujah. But you know what? <laughs> if that glory shows up, it'll be just as powerful. It'll be just as beautiful as the most, most exciting camp meeting you ever had. I'm not downing them. It's never meant to be that way. I know some took it that way. But I'm here to come back and preach again. I thank God for camp meetings. I thank God for conference, conferences. I thank God for, for, for youth camps and kids camps and all the other things that goes on in revivals. But I'm here to tell you what two or three gather in His name can be just as beautiful and just as powerful when the glory of God shows up with the Shekinah presence of the Lord. That's the love of I'm talking about. That's a church I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Amen. It doesn't matter who's there, who's not there. If God will just show up. If Jesus Christ will walk up and down the aisles. If he'll work, work and I miss him. If he'll win tonight just like this. But on a Wednesday night just like this when the glory shows up. On a Wednesday night just like this when the anointing falls. On a Wednesday night just like this a soul can be born. On a Wednesday night just like this a body can be healed. Because you can't limit this God. You can't shackle him down. You can't buckle him down. Your attitude can amen determine your altitude. I'm telling you, I want to have the right attitude. I want to have beautiful attitudes toward this saving God I know. You can't afford to let church become mundane to you. Your home church or any other place. Here's how I believe it's strong enough. If I go to a denominal church, I treat that building just like it's mine. I don't go in there and chew gum. I'm just telling you me, okay? You do what you want to. But any place that's been set aside in whatever measure of the gospel, whatever measure of calling on Jesus, I'm going to honor it. I'm going to fear it. I want an old-fashioned fear of God. Get back a hold of our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Because an old-fashioned fear of God gets a hold of us. I'm going to tell you what. You put a bridle up on the tongue and a watchman at the door. You be careful. Hallelujah. It'll give you power when there's even in technology to make the right decisions, to go in the right direction. To have the power and the ability to say, no, I'm not going there. Hallelujah. i got to deal with this and there's nothing I can do about it. Did you hear what Brother Holmes said about it? He said, I should have listened to the elder. <laughs> You may see, he's, he's, he talked about that. <laughs> so that elder told him. He said, Brother Holmes, she said, you're not going to shut down the Internet. And really it was about the Internet, as much as technology, the Internet. He said, it's coming in. He said, and it'll swallow you up. <laughs> Praise God. So... If there's ever been a time we need to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove, it's now. It's ever been a time that we better make sure we, we get our hearts circumcised and we get it made up in our minds. I'm going to be the church. It doesn't matter. You know, we've done a good job of keeping television out of the homes. We've done a so-so job of keeping people in the right channels in, the, in our automobiles. <laughs> there was a little more liberty there, a little more freedom. Amen. But now... Now we got something, and this is not the reason I brought this up here tonight. I got something I'm pondering I might do at the end. I don't know. We'll see. Amen. But I tell you one thing I want God. I understand. We, we sung the song. I can't one, 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 one step without Him. Hallelujah. He's got to hold not just my hand, He's got to hold my heart, He's got to hold my mind, He's got to hold my spirit. I totally belong to Him. Hallelujah. If He don't gird up my mind and help me, I won't make it. I'll become a lunatic before the night's over. Hallelujah. There's so much chaos and so much trouble and so many voices out there, even among the Pentecost. We can't even find in this same chapter. I mean, in this same writings, you're going to see here divisions. He said they ought not have been divisions. Hallelujah. Paul's writing it to him, and he's just got a letter from Chloe. He's just got a letter wrote to him. A question's brought to him as he's dealing with this. He's not face to face. He said, but oh, when I show up, we'll find out where the power's really at. Hallelujah. They come with enticing words of man's with them, but there's a demonstration of the Spirit. I tell you, the church needs a demonstration of the spirit the world needs a demonstration of the spirit they don't need to be you to be smarter they need you to be anointed they need you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost they need you to be walking in the goodness and the power of God because walking in the gifts of the Holy Ghost are to convict a sinner 
you, you read what he writes about that. Through the operation of the gifts of the Spirit and tongues, interpretations. Amen. As they unfold, that sinner come to the realization. I'm in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I'm, in the, I'm not just in the presence of man. I'm in the presence of the everlasting God, the living God, the all-knowing God, the all-seeing God, the all-caring God, the all-loving God. That's what they need to know. That's what they need to experience. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. We can't be sniving at one another and, and running one another down and doing all this other mess and flying off the handle. God forbid. Hallelujah. We shouldn't be flying off the handle. Hallelujah. God help us. God help us. We shouldn't be full of anxiety and all this other mess. I'm telling you, hallelujah, we're the church of the living God. God's going to help us. God's going to help us. God's going to help us. And if we humble ourselves and yield ourselves and give ourselves, God's going to lead us and God's going to direct because there's going to be a church. I want to have my mind made up. I want to be a part of it. So I begin to study this out. Begin to talk about the sanctuary we know, we know. The sanctuary is a God's idea. Go to Exodus 25 and 8. And God telling Moses, says, and let them make me a sanctuary. You, you've seen the pictures. You've seen the tabernacle plan. It's the plan of salvation, both Old and New Testaments laid out in that tabernacle plan. God coming down. I preached on his son. Man, Sunday night, about talking about his glory and the pillar of fire and the cloud. It never left him, never forsake them until he got him to the promised land. He led them all the way through the wilderness. All the, all the funerals they were still having, all the things that still happened. But he still led them and led them through, amen, where no man had ever been. Folks, we're, we're walking through some untried lands, but I'm going to tell you something God knows. God's voice knows how to guide us, amen, in this chaos, through this darkly glass, through these cloudy times. The voice of God, the voice of God's all that Adam knew about. Hallelujah, and that's not all. Hallelujah, watch this, the father of Eve. Abraham, he didn't see nothing. All he heard was a voice, a voice that spoke to him. Amen. That of a promise of a land, of a city. I'm telling you, thank God for the voice. That voice with clarity. That voice with understanding. God's not confused. He's not going to tell you things that's contrary to this word. He's not going to tell you things that's contrary to his heartbeat and will. That voice, amen, will get us out of this mess. That voice, amen, will lead us to revival. Revival, amen, that will turn our community upside down. Revival, amen, will make a transformation taking place in whole homes and lives and families. Hallelujah. Drug addicts, amen, bringing their wives and their children to the house of God. Hallelujah. This is a voice they need to hear. This is a power. This is what the church is all about. So we went from that and amen, as he talks about that and, and even when you go down to the 36th chapter of Exodus. Come on, pay attention to me. Don't worry about the babies. Don't worry about all that. Y'all have heard them cry. <laughs> They're doing good. It's going to be all right. Don't you listen to me. You're at the house of God. I'm telling you, we have lost the fear. We've lost the reverence. We've lost the importance. And I'm telling you, God's trying to stir us up. Hallelujah. This is not just another gathering. This is just not another. It may be Wednesday night. And I know you will. You're not. And I have sympathy with you. But at the same time, i got an awesome responsibility. Hallelujah. Preach this gospel and stir you up and help you to come to the realization and understanding. Because you're fixing to hear something. Hallelujah. I don't want the glory to forsake us. I don't want the Lord glory to walk away. I want the glory of God to be here. I want it to be here when I'm dead and gone. If the church is still here, I want the glory to still be here. I want my grandbabies to experience the glory. I want my great, great, great grandbabies to experience the glory. I want the glory to be able to stay at this first Jesus name church until the rapture takes place. And so you'll see that God in the Exodus 36 chapter moved upon certain men. Amen. And gave them the spirit. Gave them the power and the ability. Bezaliel and Aholiab. Amen. How many of you would knew those names if I didn't mention the other? Hallelujah. But you know what? They were very important men. These are the ones that actually physically, amen, built that tabernacle. Fashioned and formed it because God gave them the skill and the talent and the ability. Hallelujah. To do it. A special men and special ladies in this house that God wants to anoint and bless and use. Amen. I'm telling you. And we got to give ourselves and humble ourselves to be used. Everybody don't have to stand behind the pulpit. I'd prefer many of you behind this thing besides me. Had it been fine with me, it'd have been stayed out there. I'd have been just fine. It'd have been all right with me. Hallelujah. But I'm here, and so God help me. I'm going to do my best. But then it went from that. I began to study some things out and began to try to put some scriptures together. And, and, and I had never put the places together. But I thought about Hannah, and I thought about her going to the temple and yearly how she would go and how that her husband would go. And after 10 years of going, yearly, 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 they would go to the, to the 
the tabernacle. They would go to the sanctuary. They would go there to offer sacrifices at least once a year. And but but something caught my attention when I began to read that second verse in First Samuel's Amen. And it says the third verse, and this man which went up out of the city yearly to worship and sacrifice unto the Lord of the hosts of, of Shiloh. Shiloh. Oh, what a place. I've shallow. So, so it kind of got my attention. So I began to search and research it out a little bit. And began to, you know, because I knew there was something about it. There was something taking place there. And so as I began to study about Shiloh, wait a minute. Now we've done heard about Shiloh. And so, so what's unfolding here? What's going to happen here? And so I began to read about it. And so you know about Hannah. You know how that she prayed and how Eli now. Eli's the priest and, and he even missed it with her. But a man actually realized. I mean, and God gave her that little child and when you go to first Samuels and you go to even to the second chapter you're going to begin to realize and see how God can do and how God can work and even in her song that she began to sing in that second chapter and Hannah prayed and said hallelujah my heart rejoices in the Lord my horn is exalted in the Lord my strength my prayers hallelujah over the adversary over that amen have you ever noticed some of the most difficult afternoons you're going to have is on a Wednesday afternoon or it could have been for the last three months on a Monday and a Tuesday afternoon. Hello, because the devil's going to do everything he can and the adversary's going to do everything he can. If you're going to wait till a convenient time to, to assemble to the house of God and be the church, I'm telling you, you'll be gone, amen, when that time comes. Hello, because it won't never be a convenient time. Hello, and it's not going to get any convenient this day and time because why? The world is gobbling you up. The world is eating up your time. The world is robbing and stealing and doing everything it can. Amen. It couldn't take you by Hollywood and by television, so I find me another avenue. I find me another direction. If that won't work, then I'll get you on ball fields. And I'll get you out here and I'll get you out there just as long as you don't assemble. And so I don't care if you assemble, but don't assemble in his name. Don't assemble to worship him. Don't assemble to pray and call on the name. Don't assemble and be a dude with the power, amen, to turn this world around. <laughs> and we've even allowed to use excuses. And you ain't like this one. A lot of times those assemblings and gatherings is to raise money for this and that. But if the church was walking where it would be walking and doing what it needs to be doing, there's a lot of these places would have to shut down because they'd be out of business. <laughs> those palm readers had to go somewhere else. Or better yet, just come to the house of God. Be redeemed and reconciled. They want to be. They want to be. You and I would probably be shocked of some things that would turn around, but we just got to make up in our minds and make up in our heart. Hallelujah. When we even don't get all things together, we're still going to be the church. And because we're the church, amen, we're going to get lined up. Because we're the church, hallelujah, we're going to humble ourselves and yield ourselves and come together. Why? Because there's one important thing here. We got to have the glory of God. We got to have the anointing of God. That glory of God's got to be upon us. That glory of God's got to be in every service. It doesn't matter if it's a Sunday morning or Sunday night or a Wednesday night just like this one. We need the glory of God to fall upon us. We need the anointing of God to move in among us. Hallelujah. That's the reason we come. That's the purpose why we're here to feel his glory. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't, you, can't, you can't just skip from Sunday night and just walk in here on a Wednesday night and bypass that place out yonder and bypass practicing that between Wednesday and Sunday and expect the glory of God to show up and expect the power of God to show up. No, there's got to be some time in between. Spending time with God through his word and through prayer. You've heard this time and time again. But are we doing it. I don't want to just be a hearer but God help me be a doer. A hearer alone won't see me. I gotta be a doer because if I fail to do it it's sin unto me and sin's gonna keep me out because the wages of sin is death. <laughs> so as you watch this at Shiloh you see how that God blessed her and gave her a boy and when you ease over and go into you read about Eli's sons and how wicked they are and how they abuse the offerings and misuse the offerings and how they take advantage of the people, even to the point that they despise coming to the house of God. The reason a lot of people, amen, don't want to come to the house of God, amen, because they're bored. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about, I'm in general here. I'm talking about all over. Religion itself. Amen. And then there's other places because they talk about there's so many phonies and so many hypocrites and things of that nature. Of course, I could, Brother Ford, I was talking about this yesterday. Where else are you going to find a hypocrite? Amen. Hallelujah. You're gonna, you can't find him nowhere else. You're going to find him at the house of God. But I'm not going to let the hypocrites keep me out. I'm not going to let the naysayers keep me out. Hallelujah. Because God loves me and God, God cares for you and he cares about us. He cares about us making it. 
That's the reason he gave us assembly. That's the reason he's blessed us with this space. Amen. That's the reason he blessed us with three months of revival. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. I know it's just a Sunday through Tuesday. Hallelujah. But next time, well, we might decide to go Sunday through Sunday. Hallelujah. About three weeks of that. Hallelujah. See what that does for us. Hallelujah. The world can always go to their events in so many different places. I don't want to get on all this, but here's where I'm going. You watch this. Amen. It's Shiloh. What's taking place at Shiloh? And so we, we know and we understand. Hallelujah. How that in the third chapter, how that God calls Samuel. And Samuel hears the voice of God. Why? Because the light went out. This is not a time to let the light go out. This is not a time to be so busy with everything else that you let the oil run out. This is not a time you get so busy that, that you don't trim up the lamp and you don't trim up the wick and you don't keep it burning for Jesus Christ. Nothing's more important than your light burning for Jesus. I'm telling you, that's the moment, that's the hour, that's the day that somebody's going to need you the most. Hallelujah. It's whenever you don't pray. It's whenever you don't touch God. Whenever you don't let God get a hold of your heart and your mind and help condition you and help provide for you. Hallelujah. That's the day. Amen. I'm telling you, we don't need to let the light go out. But Eli, let the light go out. We know that in Leviticus it was supposed to have been from dust to dawn. It was supposed to burn and burn. But at the same time Samuel's called. The voice of God calls Samuel. Samuel runs to Eli some three times. Finally Eli comes to the conclusion. He realizes that's God calling him. And he tells him to respond. And he comes back to him the first message Samuel gets. Amen. He's got to bring it to Eli. The man, a man that he has been a minister to and a blessing to for years now. All of a sudden, he's got to come and tell him about what's fixing to unfold and what's going to take place. But you know what? Eli made it easy for him. He told him, don't you hold nothing back. You tell it just like it was told you. You don't hold anything back. You open it up. You let me know. And he even let him know, said the ears are going to tickle. When God gets through with what he's going to do, he sent a man of God later on there to, to Eli. I mean, before that, I'm, I've got to hit myself a little bit and talks about him, try to warn Eli and try to get him prepared about his sons. And he even went to his sons about what they were doing and what was going on at the house of God. The fornication, the adultery, and the unrighteous deeds of the offerings and things that run happening and taking place. I'm going to tell you something. Sin, sin is still sin. And sin will stop even the church. Sin will stop even the church. Sin will stop the power and the up to the Holy Ghost. Sin or stop the anointing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Sin, I'm telling you. I don't want to sin. I don't want to get in sin. I don't want to get caught up in it. And I sure don't want to just shove it under a rug. But God, you help us. You help us like never before. Amen. So the anointing of God and the power of God can move into our midst and move into our midst. Amen. But so as you watch these chapters unfold, you've got to watch something really begin to take place. And now, amen, as this unfolds in the fourth and fifth chapter in Shiloh. Hallelujah. And this is really what got me. When you look at the fourth and fifth chapter, you're going to see the battle that took place. You're you're going to see where Eli, amen, lost his life. You're going to see where those two boys lost their lives. And I'm not going to be but just a couple of more minutes. But you watch this. You watch this. It never went back. Go look at it. When you go to the sixth chapter, amen, and, and, and you take it, they took the ark of God and took it to Dagon. And he fell down. His palms and his heads were cut off. Amen. When they find with the emeralds and they put the, the mice in it, amen, and they sent it back on the cart. You know what happened? Hallelujah. It went to a different place. It never went back to Shiloh. It never, ever, ever, ever went back to Shiloh. I'm telling you, could it be the reason some of the big churches, and you heard that from Brother Holmes Monday night, as he talked about why some of these big churches fell. They wrote a book on it. And he wrote it, I mean, his whole the purpose was maybe to keep, keep some of us falling in the same trend, the same snares, the same traps. We gotta have the glory. We gotta have it. We got to have that anointing. We got that Jesus. John got it right. He's a light unto every man. If there's ever been a time that we need an old lighthouse <laughs> that can shine around us and that we can be shined through. Hallelujah. To help us to see and to help us to understand. If there's ever been a time that we need here with clarity in our hearts, in our minds, and in our spirits, it's now. If it's ever been a time we need a church, and we need a voice, and we need a pastor, and we need a five-fold ministry to guide us and to lead us and help us along this journey. Sister Moore, if y'all come and get ready, I'm going to do something tonight.
I don't know, I just feel real strong to do this. But when you go back, you're going to realize, and I know I didn't cover a lot of this. I could have. Amen. You go back and you'll look. And you're going to see it never went back. The ark of God never went back to Silo. But it made its way. And it stayed there at that particular city. Uh, I forgot what it was. But, but at that particular city until David come and got it. Until the time of the reign of David himself. Some, I believe, 20 years at the ark of God. Amen. That caused them to shout. I'm going to tell you something. Just calling on the ark and having the ark to come in. They shouted. They shook the earth with their shout. Hallelujah. And the enemy, man, they got beside themselves. They thought they was going to be overcome and defeated. Hallelujah. But just a shout alone won't do it. We got to have his glory. We got to have his voice. I fixed to do something you're thinking. I'd never dreamed this would happen. Somebody sent this to me today. I'm not going to tell you who it was. I can find it. And I want you to just listen to it. And hopefully it'll play. I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. The pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here, and I fly a small airplane, and I can take you in my little airplane, and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, Chief, thank you so very, very much, but I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it, you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going <laughs> to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me, and he said, We're going in the clouds, and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, Clouds make you do what? Now, it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds, and you can't see anything. And he looks at me, and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling, and he passes out. Passed out cold. Now, I grabbed him, and I shook him, and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now, we're in the clouds, flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there, and I handed him the microphone, and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up, and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you. Because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage emergency for you. An Anchorage emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. 
He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm. Just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots... Those nighttime freighters, those 747s, started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. Do you realize your head is full of voices? And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and he said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning. The knock at my door. And I opened the door and man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. to take you through a living sacrifice holy we got a voice of truth it wants to ring out into our lives and into our hearts and into our spirit I want to hear the voice of truth. There's no greater love than a voice of truth that is speak to us out of love, to give us direction like we've never needed before. We need it, folks. As we stand in this house, I know it's getting late. I want them to come. We're just going to take a little time and sing and you can come if you'd like to just gather around the front with us.
Or if you don't, that's fine. If you're not able, we understand. That's, we're not pressuring nobody. I want to be saved. How about you? I want to do what I can to help see others make it. I want to be the voice that God wants us to be. I want to be the worshiper that God wants us to be. I want to walk, amen, in this straight and narrow pathway. Day in and day out. Having a place that they can come when they get ready to come. And they can hear the voice. And they can feel the power and the presence of God working on our lives. And willing to work on theirs. God bless you as they sing.
I'm going to follow the teachings of the word of truth. I'm going to hear the voice of the Lord in the darkness, in the storm, in the stillness. Whatever you have to do to me. Don't let my soul be lost in eternity above all lands. I must be saved. One more time, say above all lands. I must be saved above all lands. I must be saved. All be lost through eternity above all lands. I must be saved. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, love him. That's right. Oh, that's the truth in this His house tonight. Above everything else, we want to make a part of that who's just going to be caught away in a moment because it's in this same letter in the 15th chapter Jesus Christ talking Paul writes about that catching away going to be with our Lord God bless you tonight appreciate you appreciate all that's here Tyler's good to see you tonight God bless you been gone working good to see him in the house of God tonight appreciate him love you appreciate you God bless you